0: Welcome to Boost Power Podcast, inspiration, insights, and ideas for your business and your journey. Hi, and welcome to Boost Power Podcast. I'm your host Betsy Wiersma. Today is the first day of the rest of your life and that is why we have a podcast with amazing women who tell their story. Today Terry Bauer has joined us in her current position. She's at MSU Denver here in Colorado but she's got a whole lot of other stuff going on. Uh, Terry welcome to the show. Thank you I'm glad to be here. Well, I'm so glad that you're here because, you know, I, I always like to tell the truth and people think, oh, you're, you know, this, they make my story, right? Oh, you're a big podcast host. And we missed our first podcast because of me missing the timing. And I thought, you know, there's some reason that that happened. And I think the reason was because you are involved in so many exciting programs. And now you're even a couple more days down the road into that. So let's tell everybody a little bit about your story and kind of the the richness of your past that brought you to an amazing chance to serve with education now currently. So um, tell us the story of Terry. It all began in a small hospital.
1: (laughs) It all began in a hospital in Washington, DC. Um, And so I'd like to tell people that my path has been just very circuitous. Um, I grew up in advertising. My dad had an ad agency Um, and I learned a lot of lessons early on about messaging and audiences. So when I was a kid watching TV commercials, my father would pause the TV, ask me a whole series of questions like, what was the ad trying to sell? How were they trying to sell it? What was the hook? Why did an older woman sell it? To help me understand how advertising and communications work. And I think I carry that with me in everything that I do. And so in my work, I actually have a master's in social work. Um, And I moved to Arizona to study social work because I wanted to work with Native American communities um, in public health. And from there, ended up getting a job in proposal writing. And from there, worked myself back into communications, which again was sort of how I was raised. And I worked for two global communication firms um, doing business development and market research. And then while I was working at those firms, we had higher ed clients. And I found myself really um, more interested in that work than the work selling real estate, luxury homes, um, the lottery, you know, sort of widgets. And so worked at a lot of higher ed clients, ran the higher ed practice in the communications firm, and then was hired by a higher ed client, which leads me to where I've been for the last 15 years. So
0: I grew up in real estate, right? So where you were stopping to see the ads, my dad would drive us around in the car and say, that just got zoned commercial and point out (laughs) to the strip mall. And we'd be like, awesome, dad, show us some more zoning, you know? Exactly. Exactly. I I never turned into a real estate uh, brat, but I respected that my dad was so into his craft, which I can feel that vibe of you being so into communication. You know, on that path, was there a turning point like, you know, before we went on the air, I was saying, I know in fourth grade that I was an entrepreneur because I was selling macrame bead bracelets and I made a $40 profit and I still remember. And, you know, you saw your dad's agency, you felt this communication flow in your heart, but did you just decide like when someone said, what do you want to be when you grow up, Terry? Did you say- I'm going to be in communication and targeting, like was, you know, was it, I'm going to be a teacher or a nurse, which
1: we were all told to be. I mean, I think I knew early on, I wanted to help people. That was very much part of our ethos growing up too, in terms of, you know, the boards my family sat on and the amount of pro bono work everybody did. So I knew I wanted to help people, but I also majored in English. And I remember in college, people like sort of making fun of it, like, oh, you don't know your first language. You had to major in it. But my father would twist it, you know, and reframe it and say, so many people do not master their own language. And it's a wonderful tool to have. And so I think, again, in college is when I started to realize, like, if I can write really well, I can probably do almost anything. And so using writing to then help people in communications by extension is sort of where it all came together.
0: Yeah, I I probably am older than you, but I'm curious to your opinion, because it seems like that you saw as I saw. So I graduated from college in 1983. Just a little perspective, okay. And are you around that area? I okay, think I graduated in 87, yeah. Okay, so yeah, that's not so much. Okay, so, but what a switch from the days of your dad being able to really say to you, what is on one of these three channels, what is this ad targeting, right, to today where everybody with a phone has got an audience and can do advertising, I'm using the quote of advertising, of whatever they're trying to sell, their idea, their brand, their widget, their product, simply by picking up their phone and sometimes appropriately or not, you know, speaking to the world on their phone. Um, What do you think, you know, as, as a communications professional, and this goes into the skills we need in, you know, today's world, what do you think that effect has had on the consumer and also on the products?
1: Well, for sure, um, the glamour of the Mad Men days of advertising, which is when my father grew up and owned his field, um, are gone, right? Because anybody can pick up anything and do communications or outreach or Twitter or whatever it is. It's just like my husband's a photographer, but now everybody's a photographer. Um, and so I think what it does is it makes a very busy, noisy marketplace. Um, and I think a lot of the marketing communications is more sloppy because you have people doing it who aren't really trained in how to do it. Um, but then there's also all these areas of social media that I don't really know anything about and I don't even want to know anything about like i'm <laughs> I like my old fashioned way if I write a good email or I write a good letter or i I speak eloquently and I don't need to know about social media. So I think there's generation gaps as well
0: yeah i I, I find it curious because. Now I think that relationship, not that it wasn't, but now even more, relationship is the key, because you have to say, I I know, like, and trust you, therefore, I'm interested in your message about MSU Denver, and I trust your skills program. I know, like, and trust you, I'm interested in what face cream keeps you, you know, looking not almost 60, Um, you know. I think the know, like and trust. And for me, I've always been an expert in the field of special events as strategy. And of course, then you have a global pandemic. So special events become even more interesting, you know, with video events. So I think there's a lot going on. So 15 years, so you kind of went around, you found your purpose and passion. Did you get an advanced degree along here? Tell us about the educational path.
1: So I got a master's in social work, um, and again, I moved to Arizona to do that because I wanted to work in Native American communities and I did internships um, in policy for Native American communities. I worked on a, in a community. Um, I did a lot of work there and then I guess found that that wasn't the right fit for me completely. And I didn't go on, I actually had applied for a PhD in religion, um, some programs, and it was religion, not necessarily from a believing standpoint, but more, why do people believe just to help me understand more what motivates people and how they come up with these elaborate belief systems. But then I sort of moved into nonprofit fundraising, ended up in communications, put off getting a degree. And then once I was in global communications, I was pretty hooked. And I studied with, I was at a lobbying firm in DC and studied with probably the smartest people anyone could ever meet. And they were the ones that put out the biggest problems, the biggest fires. They were the clients you didn't really want to know they had. and then I actually left that agency um, because of some of the clients they represented and it was getting a little too tricky for me, but they were awesome and I learned so much and I feel like that's helped me in every higher ed position I've had since.
0: Right. So then what, how did you get from DC, uh, East Coast, Hustle Bustle, not a mountain in sight to beautiful Colorado?
1: Excellent question. I was um, working at Georgetown University Center in Education for the Workforce. I helped launch it. I was their first communications director um, and worked there for a few years and it was doing amazing work. And I kept coming to Denver for conferences. So, you know, Boulder is also a higher education hub. There's a lot of policy and think tanks and data centers. And so I kept coming out here and I bring my husband and we go on vacation. And every time we got on a plane to fly back to DC, we were depressed. And we just wondered, why do we keep coming back here? Why don't we live in Colorado? There's tons of higher ed. Um, And so we just picked up and moved in 2010.
0: Wow. Followed your dream. So, okay. So you took the passion for education, your incredible skill for communication, and and followed your dream. And I I always like to point out some of these choice points along the way, because people, you know, complain and say, oh, I don't like where I live. (laughs) So I say, move. Oh, but I, okay, then don't. You know, I try to point like either you do or you don't. And what's the worst thing that can happen? I got to Colorado and I didn't like it. Then move again. <laughs> you know, like.
1: <laughs> That's exactly right. And we didn't, I mean, we were in our mid 40s and we didn't even have jobs in Colorado, but we both knew that what we do is transferable, our skills, and we could figure it out. And it was sort of like life is short do it and everyone was like i can't believe you're moving you don't have a job this is crazy and then they all come out and visit and they're like we wish we lived in colorado yeah well see so if you're listening to this
0: podcast today you were meant to hear terry tell her story because maybe that's one of the things you're playing with is wherever i am in a career wherever i am in a um, a spot in my life physically emotionally mentally i need to move whatever move looks like and maybe hearing terry's story today is going to inspire you to move you're listening to boost power podcast we will be right back you are listening to boost power podcast with your host betsy weersma we are part of the global sisterhood podcast network women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose enjoy these true stories and proven business tips for your business and your life Now, back to Boost. And we're back. Okay, so now we've got Terry moved to Colorado. She has no job. She's got a husband, and now she at least has bluebird, blue sky, beautiful Rocky Mountains. Tell us how you got involved with MSU Denver, and then let's talk about the exciting things you're leading for them.
1: So, my first job when I got to Denver was working in the mayor's office. Um, I ran an initiative called the Denver Education Compact. Um, And it was a collective impact where the idea is that all these organizations, everybody who touches higher education in some way in the city, would come together, work together, share data, share funds, and help um, the Denver metro area homegrown Native students succeed in school. And so I worked in that area for about a year and a half. And then I realized how much I missed higher ed. I went to DU, which is a private university here in town. And I was um, an assistant dean for marketing and communications. And then knew I wanted to get to Metro the whole time. So the president of Metro State University of Denver was on my board when I worked with the mayor's office. He was a rock star. Our new president is also a rock star. And I knew I wanted to go to Metro because of their mission which is really it's an open access institution and they serve anybody who wants to go to college. It's a Hispanic serving institution, high number of students who are first generation. It's just the coolest place to be. So I found my way to Metro um, and now I am the AVP of Innovative and Lifelong Learning.
0: Wow. And uh, we call it MSU Denver. Because we are new and well trained, that uh, Metro is what the the kind of love word has always been for this university. But I didn't know much about MSU Denver until I started to meet Christine Hudson, who I had known from her previous jobs, and we took a walk and she was telling me all the things going on and the diverse population. And um, then I was so lucky to go on campus and do some podcasts with the students. And I tell you, I have such a um, such a different happy opinion of our future of our world from meeting MSU Denver students and seeing them talk about their work life and their families and all the things they balance and how much they want to be there and are enthusiastically pursuing their dreams at MSU Denver. So tell us now, we can see your passion for higher ed, but tell us now about this program that you run and how some of us might even qualify to be served by you. Sure. So one of
1: the things our unit focuses on is how to create alternative credentials. So instead of just thinking of higher ed as a place where someone gets an AA degree, associate's degree, or a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, or higher, there's also different on-ramps and off-ramps and ways that students can interact with a university, get the credentials they need, and go get a good job. And so I'm kind of always pushing that and trying to change the The framing a little bit is we also offer degrees, but we also offer these alternative credentials. So we create um, in the non-credit space certificates, short courses, boot camps, customized workforce training, whatever folks need to get their uh, employees upskilled so that they can either move up in a job or change careers.
0: Right. So let's talk about some of those areas because people are like, oh. That sounds really interesting because I do so agree with you with, I'm just launching now a a high school senior who's going off to college. She is going to a trade school for fashion design, which happens to be in Milan, Italy, not such a bad gig, but it is a three-year BA, eight hours a day of labs that then put them in internships in the high fashion design industry and place them. You know, it's not a traditional college with English and all that stuff, right? So, Tell us about like, for instance, in, um, let's talk about healthcare probably is a a good one because healthcare is on the minds of so many of us. Talk about healthcare and hospitality. um, These are a few I know. Um, And then let's also touch on like sommelier classes and some things people might do just for enrichment.
1: Excellent question. So one of the things we just launched is called the MSU Denver Skills Lab. And it is free to the community. It's free to anybody who wants to upskill or change careers or just learn a little bit more about growing industries in Colorado. So what we did is we looked at the growing fields. So it's the ones you would think of IT, cybersecurity, healthcare, um, e-commerce, data analytics. And we curated um, industry-led trainings in those fields as well as faculty-led trainings. We put them up on our website so you can go to msudenver.edu forward slash skills lab. And you can click on any of those areas if you're interested and you can take any of those courses and training for free. And so we're doing that so folks, because of the pandemic and how many people have lost jobs, can dip their toes in these different areas and see what might be of interest and they know it's a growing field. Um, So that's one example of what we're doing. Another example is we have a water certificate and it's completely online, self-paced online. And it's all about water in the West, water law water policy. It is so cool. And it's because we know we have to move towards sustainability around the world. And people come to Colorado and they're really interested in working in water, but they don't know anything about Colorado water. So we have a water sommelier in the class. We have folks who've worked in green industries for years who are taking the class. It's professionals in the field who just want to learn more about water in the West. And those are just a couple examples of the kinds of things we create based on market demand.
0: Awesome. And what do you have for like ongoing uh, learning? So I'm 59 and a half. And uh, I'm very interested in going back to school um, in my 60s. You know, there's some things that was great, my BA degree in 1983. But man, you know, I want to be a film producer, and I'd like to make metal jewelry. And I like, you know, but I don't need a degree at 60 years old. So we just tell people who might be curious of a skill set, or maybe they do want to go become um, some kind of trained healthcare professional, right? That the online course, they get excited and they do wanna go back in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s and do something interesting and useful in the world. Tell us all how we get to come to MSU Denver.
1: So there's a couple avenues in, or as I say, on rings. One is to go to our website, Innovative and Lifelong Learning and look at the array of things we offer and they're being updated all the time. And again, it can be short courses, it could be these labs, it could be certificates. The other suggestion is to go to the MSU Denver website, where there is a program for folks um, who are, I think, 55 or older who can take any traditional class at a huge discount. Um, I believe it's called the Metro Meritus Program. So that's another way to go through the main website to see what's being offered. We did did dabble in offering a lot of just uh, enrichment programs, I would say, for folks. And it didn't really take off because what we found is that people, at least who are driven to MSU Denver, they're really looking for things that can help them in their careers or help them change careers.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so I see your passion and you're on purpose for good and making this work in the world. So, you know, what's next for you? So you've got this program just launched um, and you're young. And smart, you know. What do you see as you sit now and look at two years, five years? You know, none of us could have said, "Oh yeah." After the global pandemic, you know, I walk around the MSU campus, and it's so freakishly weird that we're all, you know, here today. But this is an evergreen podcast, so people listening to this, you know, we're, we're we've got this at least wherever it's going to be figured out. Um, so, what is next for you, and how how does Terry uh, have a trajectory in the world? for this passion and this purpose?
1: That's a really good question. I don't know what's next. I mean, I love, as you can tell, building. So I build programs. Um, I know that MSU Denver has created a futures committee to think about these very questions. Where are we gonna be in the future post pandemic? What is it gonna look like? I love being part of that because I envision trends like K-12 and higher ed merging and not being different systems. If that happens, I'd love to play a role in that somehow. I also don't know um, if the future of higher ed is gonna be completely online or if there's gonna be sort of a boomerang response and people are gonna want face-to-face back in their communities. So we're also looking at, do we need to open another branch campus and where would we put that branch campus? So I'm involved with many of those decisions, which I love about creating new products and services to serve the community, but I don't think we know yet where that's gonna go, but my
0: hope is that I'm a part of many of those. Yes, Um, I heard something and it made so much sense. Um, My sister has been a teacher since she graduated from college and she's 10 years older than me. So she is just turning 69 and she's been a teacher since she was 20, right? Right out of college. And now of course she's um, she's a gym teacher in elementary school and does all the extracurricular activities. So that's changed a lot for her, but um, we were having a discussion about why, if there's a rock star teacher, right? Just like there's a rock star singer and there's a rock star sports guy, why wouldn't rock star teachers now, the, with virtual learning, become part of society's treasures, right? right. And all kindergartners in America could tune into whoever that rock star teacher is, right, and learn from. I'm going to say her, learn from yeah. her great ways. And if there's a rock star chemistry teacher like mine was, yeah. that everybody really fell in love with chemistry because of the way this guy approached it. And I remember a few along the way, I had a grammar teacher that taught me how to write. And to this day, I can read something and hear her voice, you know, that that's not parallel. <laughs> make right. a paragraph phrase, which your English major, you would get that. But I'm so shocked by how many people don't have parallel phrases. (laughs) Come on, where was your grammar teacher? So um, I think that's so fun to have someone like you and something like MSU Denver under Dr. Janine Davidson's amazing leadership with all the people that I've met um, in place to start looking at that in higher ed to say we can have some rockstar higher ed teachers and professors that not only are a great marketing and communications tool for our university, but also can serve the world um, via their classes, via their inspiration. So it's so exciting. Um, and the last thing I want to ask you is what would you tell women? Um, you're a very successful woman and many times people create stories like so easy for Terry. Oh, you know, that was just so easy, you know, and I got to think it's never really easy that it's always a lot of work, a lot of choices and a lot of decisions. So if you were going to give women uh, a little bit of advice from your own path, what would you tell them, uh, kind of in their career and even in their, their career and their life?
1: I would say if there's something you, I mean, it's going to sound sort of hackneyed, but if there's something you think you want to do that makes sense to just start trying to do it. So for example, with the skills lab, nobody told me go create a skills lab. It was sort of an intuition that, hey, a lot of people have just lost their jobs. A lot of people need skills. Everybody's charging money now because every business is hurting. What if we offer something for free just to help people? And so I've done that my whole life. After 9-11, I created an Arabic interpretation program because I had a sense we were going to need Arabic interpreters, and it was huge, and we partnered with the European Commission to develop it. So I I think go on your gut and your instinct, and if there's something you think needs to be done, just start doing it and start talking to people, and probably it can be done.
0: Wow. Well, that is extremely uh, inspirational and I agree. You know, we can all be entrepreneurial in the way we approach an idea. You don't have to have an entrepreneurial job and take all the risk. However, you can think about an issue, a passion, a purpose, a charity that you meet. You know, I believe everything is on purpose. So if you're hearing this today, you're meant to go over to that skills lab and at least look around and invest a little time in exploring uh, some hot industries here in Colorado, but also hot industries really you've got your pulse on the world so people around the country and around the world could go to the skills lab and be exposed to some of these things and then you know maybe that will send you on your best path so thank you all for listening to boost power podcast today is the first day of the rest of your life and if you heard us today you were meant to hear something from terry her journey her passion and that she found a way to put her passion and purpose into a perfect job at msu denver here in colorado uh, just know that you are loved, and that if you're listening to this, the purpose of this podcast is to tell you wherever you are in your path, you are great. You're a rock star. It is fine. Keep going. As Terry said, move to Colorado. Take a step. Try it. You know, go online, explore, find out what turns on your passion and your purpose. Please share this podcast with others that are looking for uplifting energy subscribe to us on any of your favorite podcast platforms and listen to our next episode. This is your host, Betsy Wiersma. Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast and plugging into stories from the journey of business and life. Our music today is by singer-songwriter Megan Burt. We are recorded at Cinder Sound Studios, and we're part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network. Women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Learn more at globalsisterhoodpodcastnetwork.com.